0: Welcome to Ennisbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzite, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. A couple of weeks ago, I talked on the spirit of Python. Uh, does anybody remember that? <laughs> that was a good resounding yes, wasn't it? If you haven't seen it, it'd be really good for you. If you haven't seen it, good for you to watch it because I do feel like it's the prevailing spirit of today, the spirit of Python. Is mean, uh, I, by the way, uh, the reason why I started teaching on it was because I, had, I was up in Auckland, and uh, ministering up in Auckland, and uh, the pastor's wife came to Viv and I and said, hey, look, we just kind of want to pray for you and pray with you. And then she started to speak about this Python spirit that's around our life and so uh, I thought well I've never heard of that before and I've seriously at leadership college I do on the theology I teach on the theology of demons I'd never heard of the spirit of Python and so I actually dismissed it for quite a few weeks and then just a few weeks ago I started thinking oh man you know because we've been going through a bit of a hard time with uh, our own life personally and and, uh, you know, well personally Ministry's been good. Personally, it's kind of not so good, as some of you know. And so uh, this python spirit that this pastor's wife was telling us about, I started doing some research, and wow, it's actually there. And you, you can Google it, it's actually there. And it's actually a spirit, a specific spirit that was uh, mentioned in Acts chapter 16 uh, when it was a, a girl was possessed with a demon and it was they actually labelled it as a spirit of divination. Divination means um, imitating the divine, an imitator of the divine. And she was a fortune teller, and uh, so uh, people were earning money off her. And she was annoying Paul and Silas. They were going off to prayer and she'd been hounding them for days and days. And she'd be saying, this is, These guys are, you know, uh, uh, children of the Most High God and all of that sort of thing. And even though what she was saying was right, she was actually really mocking them. And so uh, Paul finally turns around after days of this heckling, finally turns around and says, In Jesus' name. And then within the hour, She was delivered from this python spirit. By the way, uh, spirit of divination, the word divination in the Greek is python. So that's where you get the python spirit. And and the reason for the detail is the only time in Acts where a spirit is actually named. And the reason for the detail is because uh, uh, the way that the python works is the way that he has been working for centuries. And working even more so now, how he wants to come around, the the python snake is the only snake really that constricts, like it comes around your body, squeezes the life out of you, takes your breath away, takes your worship away, takes your prayer life away, takes your spiritual passion away. Away from you. And so many Christians are living today with this Python spirit, not knowing it. And because we've been going through a bit of a hard time, at that time when she brought that word to us, the pastor's wife brought that word to us, we were feeling that. We were feeling the constriction. We were feeling like, man, you know, everything's impossible, nothing's possible. We were feeling uh, a little bit like um, losers in the game, if you know what I mean. And uh, we weren't winning, we weren't being victorious We were trying to be uh, And I know as pastors we should always be I know that, thank you (laughs) But we were were really struggling at that time And so uh, it kept niggling me for weeks afterwards I don't know why it kept niggling me Because I just kind of dismissed it to be honest Thought, wow, that's really out there What a super spiritual pastor's wife You know what I mean And anyway, so I started Googling it and and found all this information. So if you want to hear about the spirit of Python and what it does to us, then please uh, watch on uh, YouTube the message there. But anyway, this is part two. So that's why I did the intro, uh, was because I'm going into part two. Did you know that the Python lays over 100 eggs at any one time? 100 eggs. Let let me give you this scripture, Isaiah chapter 59. I'm going to give you some scriptures. I probably won't read them because we won't have time, but I'll I'll allude to some scriptures. It'd be good for you to take some notes, go home and read them because they're amazing stories uh, and they really fit well with what God is speaking to us about today. By the way, I really do believe that when I start talking about things like this, that God is wanting, us, wanting me to say this. It's not just a, oh, let's just think of a good idea to preach on a Sunday. I do believe it is a God thought. And what that means then is that if you are attentive to what, not what I'm saying, but what God is saying through me, then there is a possibility that you will be free today. That there is a possibility that you will be uh, not guilt-ridden, but challenged in such a way that what we what we call is conviction. All right, the devil always brings condemnation. You can walk out of here condemned. That's the devil, or you can walk out of here convicted and bring and see change in your life. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts. And so, Isaiah chapter fifty-nine. It says this in verse four and five: No one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. So Isaiah is speaking to uh, about the Israelite people who had just got themselves so steeped into sin and into wickedness. He says, "Look, there's no justice anymore. There's no truth anymore. Boy, does this sound familiar to today? They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil." and bring forth iniquity, which is sin. They hatch vipers or python eggs and weave the spider's web. He or she who eats of their eggs, what? Dies. And from that which is crushed or broken, a viper or python breaks out. Vipon and python. Viper and python are the same kind of deal as far as snakes are concerned. And from that which is crushed or broken, a viper, python, breaks out. That's the Word of God. There's another, um, another uh, scripture in regards to this spirit that uh, was around back in those days and is very much active in our day today. The conception of sin is being likened here by Isaiah to a snake egg or to a python's egg. And we're not just talking about egg, I think we're talking about eggs. Many of us are struggling with eggs, not just an egg. That's why we have the the phrase, don't be such an egghead. That's where it came from. (laughs) Sorry, I just made that up. I just thought of it just (laughs) then. I thought it was really good. Yeah, <laughs> you can Google it. I'm sure it'll be there somewhere. it but uh, but the eggs are planted in our mind. So a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the spiritual warfare you're in, and how you know it's not flesh and blood we fight against, but against principalities and powers of darkness. But where's the playground of the devil? The play, the devil's playground is in your mind. That's where He loves to play. If He can get victory over your mind, He's got victory over everything. Sin begins in the mind. Did you know that? It begins uh, in the mind. It does not begin as an action of the body or the soul. Sin always begins as a thought in the mind. The greatest battle for your soul is not in the heavenlies between angels and demons. The greatest battle for your soul is between your ears The enemy, as I said before, the enemy works like a serpent. Many times he appeared as a serpent in Scripture. Uh, Whenever snakes are mentioned in Scripture, you will tread on snakes and scorpions. I should do a a bit of a session on scorpions sometime. But you'll tread on snakes. They'll not harm you. He's talking about the demonic world, the demonic realm. Every time it was talked about serpents or snakes, it was talking about the demonic realm. Um, So, Uh, It's interesting that the python lays more eggs than any other snake, more eggs than any other. They can lay over 100 eggs at one time and what I want you to see about when I'm talking today is how a python could well be laying eggs in your head. The enemy loves to plant thoughts like snake eggs in our head just as Isaiah 59 said. And if you don't deal with them, if you don't crush them, if you don't dig them out, those eggs will hatch and sin will become more than a thought. It will become an action. Thoughts become actions. And what you think on continually, you will act on. Right? Yes? Hello? Okay. Not an easy message. I'd much rather talk about the love of God and the the joy of Jesus. But today I'm talking about snakes and the eggs. James 1, chapter 15. By the way, your life will begin to move in the direction of the continual way you think. You know that, right? Nothing new. James 1, verse 15. It says, every sin begins with a thought. It says this, for when lust has conceived... Where? In the mind. Alright, James 1.15. Write it down because you can look it up later. Where is it conceived? It's conceived in the mind. It brings forth sin. Where? Through the deeds of the body. And then sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Where? Into the spirit. So you've got a process, a progression of sin. Begins in the mind and once you begin to think it, what you think, you will begin to act out through the body and then that sin will begin to bring death to your spirit. Greatest battle for your soul is between your ears. If you don't deal with it, if you don't dig out those thoughts, if you don't cast down those thoughts, those thoughts will begin to grow. Just as the python mother has to get on the eggs and coil herself around the eggs as she uses her body temperature to cause enough heat, for, uh, enough heat to be over the eggs so that the snakes stay alive. We do the same thing with our thoughts. It's not a sin to be tempted, by the way. Let me be clear on that. We can't help when we see things. We can't help when we hear things. We have thoughts randomly come at us, things that come up that we cannot control, but the issue is that we're not to allow that thought to reside there and stay there because it will hatch and grow. Someone said you can't help it if a bird flies over your head, but you don't have to let it make a nest in your hair. And that's how it is with our thoughts. You really can't help random thoughts that go by, but what you can do is control how long you dwell on them and how long you allow them to reside in your mind. Okay? Matthew chapter five, Jesus said this, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her in his heart has already committed adultery. When you have an unclean thought, That somehow just comes upon you, it just kind of randomly hits you, comes out of nowhere, that is a snake egg. The enemy wants to entice you and let it be full grown into a sin. But we have to make a decision if we want to have victory over that thought is we have to decide not to allow the enemy to incubate that snake egg by keeping that thought. The enemy wants control over your mind and you need to keep control of it yourself. Okay? It starts with a thought. Man, all all those years growing up, I thought it started with a kiss. (laughs) It started with a kiss. Never thought it would come to this. Who was that? Who? No, no, I can't even. Sorry. So um, that's a lie. That song's been a lie all those years of listening to that song, and it's a lie. never starts with a kiss. It always starts with a thought. It started with a kiss. I never thought it would come to this. Now, hang on a minute. You did think it. You thought it first. That's how the kiss got you. It was already in your mind. You'd already thought it through. Oh, yeah. (laughs) never starts with a kiss. It always starts with a thought. So often we blame, you know, have you ever heard the excuses? Oh, of course you have. The excuses of why I did what I did. It actually starts here. Whatever you look at, whatever you listen to, whatever you dwell on begins to imp, can begin to incubate in your mind for both the negative and the positive, by the way. And when you understand this, you understand why Job said this. He said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Job chapter 31, verse one. I've made a covenant with my eyes. This is amazing. Not to look lustfully upon a girl. That's cool. It's like, Has anybody ever really decided that? Job did. I made a covenant with my eyes. I'm covenanting with my eyes. Not to go down that track, not to do that. Not to look lustfully upon a girl. I made a covenant with my eyes. If there was ever a generation that needed that scripture, it's this generation. And we need to remind ourselves every day of our lives. I need to make a covenant with my eyes today. And by the way, it's not just about lusting over girls. It's just simply looking at things that we shouldn't be looking at. Watching things we shouldn't be watching. Have you ever thought about making a covenant? Every morning when you wake up, I make a covenant with my eyes today. I'm not going to look there. I'm not going to watch there or watch that or watch this. I'm not going to see that. And if I do, it's going to be not because of my control. It'll be a random thing and I'm not going to entertain it. I've made a covenant with my eyes. Often we talk about making a covenant with God. You can actually make a covenant with your eyes. Interesting. It's called bouncing eyes. Just let them bounce off. Okay, I thought that was funny. Well, you can't help it if you see it, but you can bounce it. (laughs) Make a covenant with your. Okay, Genesis chapter 13. We're not going to read it because we just don't have time, but boy, this is interesting. Man, this is interesting. Lot did not make a covenant with his eyes. Lot. Remember Lot, the nephew of Abraham. The scripture says, actually, in Genesis 13, it says, He lifted up his eyes towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was a city that was wicked. It was actually annihilated by God by hurling, I don't know, were they meteors or Something like that, I don't know. Meteors, meteorites, something like that. And uh, it was absolutely annihilated. Fire came from heaven and just burned the whole place up. But it says here that Lot lifted up his eyes towards Sodom and Gomorrah. This is before the devastation of it. Then it says, then he pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Then he camped at the gate of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he lived in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then his children married the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then his wife was so in love with the place that he lost her to the sins of that place. But it all started with him lifting up his eyes in Genesis 13. Now here's an interesting little wee side note. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw what he saw. It was a a man thing, it was... Something that he chose to do. The next verse or the next two verses later, God says to Abraham, Abraham, lift up your eyes and look to the north, the south, the east and the west. Everything that you see is gonna be yours. It's interesting, isn't it? Man lifts up his eyes and reaps devastation. God speaks to a man to lift up his eyes and gets fruitfulness and abundance. That's a great chapter, Genesis chapter 13. Your eyes need to have a covenant on them. Have you ever decided about what you won't watch, what you won't see, what you won't hear, and what you won't listen to? Have you ever actually actioned yourself in that regard? You need to understand your life will always move in the direction of the dominant thoughts that you allow to reside in your mind. If you are watching TikTok, if you're watching social media, which is most of what a lot of people are doing today. Where is it leading you? Where is it leading you? Oh, it's all right. It's all good. It's just watching. What harm can it be? If you can learn to control how long you look or how long you dwell, if you can control your thought life, what you are watching, what you're listening to, what you are uh, saying... Then you will find freedom will come in your life. The reason people are living defeated is because of what they are feeding their minds on. And the eye gate and the ear gate and the mouth gate. Remember, life and death is in the power of the tongue. They're extremely powerful. You'll either lose the spiritual the spiritual, you'll lose the spiritual battle in the spiritual realm by what you look at, listen to, say. Or you will win because of what you're looking at, listening to, and saying. You know the word repentance, we talk about repentance, you know, uh, to be saved is to actually to learn to repent. What does repent mean? It means changing this. You change your mind. Repent. Repentance is changing your mind. I've changed my mind. I changed my mind about my lifestyle. I've changed my mind about the way I've been living. I changed my mind about just casually playing and flirting with sin. I have had a change of mind. I have repented of that and I'm not going to touch that anymore. And repentance is a daily option. <laughs> it really is. I did it once when I was four years old. Yeah, well, nah, there's been a few things that have happened since being four. I'm 59 now. Uh, There's been a few years gone by. Yeah, repentance is constant. It's a daily thing. And if it's not daily, it's weekly. If it's not weekly, at least it's monthly. But it's got to be part of your world, part of your life. No, my mind's changed about that. Man, I was so caught up in fear last year, beginning of the year. Last year, so caught up in fear, so caught up in anxiety, so caught up in... Like, I was skirting around the black hole. Anyone who's had depression will know what the black hole is because some people fall into the black hole. But I was skirting around the edge of the black hole for quite some time. My mind was not in a good space. It wasn't in a good place. So I had to arrest my thinking And I had to change the way that I thought in regards to some of the battles that I was facing, because I'd never faced these battles before in my life. And so I had to find God in a new way. I had to find a bigger God than the God I knew. I had to find something of God for me. And by the way, anyone could have prophesied over my life, could have preached to me, and I would have still been kind of like needing it for myself. And it's not that that's what I needed, it's just that's what I needed. Does that make sense? I was listening to the preaching and I was listening to the prophecies, but they were kind of going through one ear and out the other to be honest, because I was in a bad state of affairs. I was skirting around the black hole. And when you're skirting around the black hole, you wonder if you should jump or or, or somehow try and escape. I, I took the escape route. And uh, even though things still aren't sorted yet, we're getting there. There's light at the end of the tunnel, folks. But here's the thing. Why the heck did I think of all that crap? How did that fear get on me? How did that anxiety happen? Like when I look back now, even though I was still not through it, uh, why, did, why did that jump on? Spirit of Python? Okay, let's blame the spirit. <laughs> You know, just blame something from outside of us. And I think that Paul says, look, Paul said this, he said, don't give the devil a foothold. I reckon I gave the devil a foothold, to be honest. I allowed him to wrap himself around me and to squeeze the life out of me. That's what I allowed it to do. And often we don't know what's happening. And sometimes you do need a preacher to actually speak the Word of God, to bring revelation to you to help you realise, hey, something's not right. Something's not right in my thinking. But then you've got to get the revelation yourself. I can't change the thinking for you. You have got to change your thinking. We are transformed by the what? The renewing of our mind. You have got to get your mind renewed. But how do I get my mind renewed? What is truth? What is, like seriously, when you're fearful, and you're anxious and you're looking at your circumstance and situation going, man, this is bad. But the Bible doesn't say this is bad. The Bible says actually count it all joy, Brent. (laughs) Count it all joy when you face trials because it's the testing of your faith. I am a far better person And I don't mean to be proud about that, by the way. I feel like I've been humbled. And I hope I'm saying that in a humbling way, because that's important. But I do feel like that there is something deeper and richer that I have with him. I talk to him more. I, I can enter into his, into his presence quicker. I have no doubts whatsoever that God is in control He is sovereign, He is Lord of all and it's helped me get over that black hole stuff but I've had to do the journey, I've had to do the bizzo and repentance is a change of mind, sorry God so, look, when did you last say sorry to God sorry God I've stuffed up there haven't I yesterday yesterday (laughs) thank you thank you Helen that was beautiful if the python stops incubating the eggs in your mind those eggs die and if we don't hover over like a python mother and allow those eggs to hatch and grow they will die It's, it's just a thought it's just a thought and it can die. Don't feed it. Choose not to feed it. Okay, here's another powerful scripture. Ezekiel chapter eight, it's the whole chapter. You have gotta read it sometime, take the note of it. Here's what it's about. It's one of the most amazing stories in the Bible. In fact, it's not amazing, it's astounding. It's astonishing. And it talks about 70 priests. Remember the number 70 70 priests and how they had this secret chamber in the temple that they had created. And they had put up a false wall in the temple and behind the wall was this chamber and it's the first reference in Scripture to pornographic paintings in the Bible. They had drawn pornographic paintings on the wall. Scripture said that they had idols that they were worshiping in the temple, in God's temple. And God said this in Ezekiel chapter eight, he said, they think I can't see what they are doing in secret chambers that they have created, but I can see. And it actually talks about a hole in the wall. I've drilled a hole in the wall and I can see what's going on in the darkness, in the secret chambers of the temple. Our body under the new covenant is what? Our body in the new covenant is the temple. Built up any walls lately? Any secret chambers going on? And what happens is even as a Christian, we can have these chambers, we can have this kind of, these fake walls up and we can be uh, compartmentalising our life. So we come to church, I love you, Lord. I've got this little secret that no one knows about. Even you, God, don't know about it. And God is absolutely mocking these 70 priests We come to church, we say, I love you, but we have secret chambers that we fill with darkness. And God says, I have the capacity to drill a hole in your wall and I can see inside your secret chambers and I see the darkness. Now here's the amazing thing about the 70. Let me tell you who they were. If you go previously to the story of Moses, where he needed 70 elders, remember he was getting worn out And he needed some guys to come and help him. Jethro, his father-in-law said, Moses, you need some people to help you out. You're kind of running yourself ragged. So he chose 70 elders from the tribes of Israel and they were helpers of Moses and they ministered to the people, to the congregation. And catch this, generations later, the children's children have now created, 70 of them, by the way, have now created chambers in the temple. They started out pure and holy, but now they have secret chambers and they filled those chambers with darkness and pornography and unclean things. And they are filling their eyes with it and their heart with it. And then you fast forward 17 generations and you go to Jesus' time. Guess who the 70 were that crucified Jesus? They put Him on the cross. It was the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin were Those ones generations back, 70 of them in the New Testament, 70 of them in the Sanhedrin, now crucifying Him. Those who helped Moses minister, building the Kingdom of God, but in between something went wrong. Now they're crucifying Jesus. They started out with great hearts, with pure hearts, but they built these secret chambers that they were filling with uncleanness. And that's how far the evil thinking took them. They crucified Jesus. We don't understand often how far thinking, evil thinking will take us. David walked out on the balcony one day and he saw a UFO. King David, that is. One night, one evening, a UFO, an unclothed female object. And when he saw her, all he had was a thought. (laughs) Keep attentive to this because this is really important. When he saw her, all he had was a thought. It was just a thought. But the thought became lust and the lust became adultery and adultery became murder. And it all started with a thought, never started with a kiss. Led to a kiss started first with a thought. He never considered how far his thought life would take him. And we have to understand that we are visual beings. 4 million bytes of information per second at the speed of 187 miles per hour can go through your mind. One mind our mind paints pictures. If I say elephant, what are you thinking? an elephant. If I say red apple, instantly you're seeing a picture of an apple and the enemy knows this and our ears and our eyes are being polluted in this generation. And the enemy is dropping thought bombs all the time. But it's no big deal if it happens once. But when you're listening constantly or when you're watching over time, sooner or later those eggs are going to hatch and that's how it happens. That's how it happens be great if the effects of sin happened instantly, right? I mean, wouldn't it be great? You know, you tell a lie and your nose grows. <laughs> hey? Oh. You will see something unhealthy with your eyes and your eyes get bigger. Wouldn't it be great if that was, you just knew straight away, but look, it doesn't happen that way. I went to um, Pastry Palace just before church. I got, me some, I got me some donuts. These just came out of the oven. I had to wait 10 minutes for them to be heated up. Man, they're beautiful. This donut ain't going to hurt me. I know I'll still be the same slim guy that I was before I ate it. Right? I'll still be lean and mean. Because this ain't going to hurt me. Problem is, I bought six of them. <laughs> But you get the point? Starts with a thought. And you can feed it. And you can let it ruin your life. Or you can put it away. Put the thought away. The Bible says that we take every thought captive. And we surrender it to Christ. Is this God honouring? Is this in the Word? Because that's our truth. As a Christian, that's our truth. That's what we believe. So every thought is taken captive and held captive and brought into obedience in Christ. I love that. brought into obedience, Christ. Some of us, we just need to understand there's an obedience that we live, that we need to live and, under, and, and learn. An obedience. So what am I gonna do with all these donuts now that I've bought them? To be honest, I've eaten probably just a little bit, but it hasn't really changed my life. You know, I think that's the problem, isn't it? We get the thought, we think it's gonna be okay. We don't realise it leads on to other things. If I ate all six of them, I'd probably have a bit of a problem. There'd be a bit of a bulge starting to stick out somewhere, I'm sure, (laughs) on my body over time especially if I had it for breakfast and for lunch and for dinner tomorrow. Wouldn't be good, would it, James? No. (laughs) But that's what some of you are saying about the things you're getting involved in. Things that you're looking at, things that you're hearing, things that you're listening to. No, nothing's happened. It's all good. I went to a party last night. Nothing happened. I got drunk, but nothing happened. Lightning didn't hit me. I didn't get zapped. It's all good. Uh, I I looked at porn, but nothing happened. The Bible says, God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man or woman sows, that shall he or she also reap. There is the principle, it's a law, it's a universal law, sowing and reaping. If you keep thinking it, that's the sowing, something's going to happen. There will be a reaping. Nobody gets by with nothing. If you're sowing to the flesh and you're hearing and listening, then you will reap the flesh. It may not happen overnight. It may not affect you just one night, but that's, But there's, the, there's that music that you've been listening to over and over again or that pornography you've been watching over and over again, they will manifest. And it's not just those things. It's a multitude of things. Read the Bible as... So much stuff in there in regards to the things that we need to, you know, sin, God put in laws for us around sin to protect us so that we wouldn't be harmed. He did it so that we wouldn't be harmed. He did it because He loved us. Didn't because He's a cruel taskmaster and wants us to, you know, stay away from those things. No, He he put in boundaries because of His love for us. He cares for us. He loves you. He wants the best for your life. And sin ain't gonna help you. And the same way you get in, you will get out. Say that again. The same way you got in, same way you'll get out. If you sow to the Spirit, again, it doesn't happen overnight. You could still be struggling with some things, but keep sowing. Keep coming to church. Keep hearing the Word of God. Keep reading the Word of God. Keep worshipping. Keep sowing to the Spirit. You will reap life everlasting and you'll get free. The same way in is the same way out. And it won't happen overnight unless unless there's an incredible miracle suddenly in your life, which we wanna believe for as well. But there might be some work that you've gotta do and you'll be free. And it happens here in your mind. Be not conformed. To this world, but be transformed. Get the snake eggs out by the renewing of your mind. You know, the first question mark came from Lucifer in Scripture and Genesis. First question, first question. You know what it was? Did God really say? Do you know the first thing that Jesus spoke to the devil? You remember Jesus in the wilderness? What did he say? What did he say? It is written. Devil will come to you and say, did he really say that? Did God really say that? God's Word is what we come back with. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. What's written on your heart? What's keeping you safe? For those of you who are feeling unsafe right now, who are feeling unhealthy in your mind, it is written. Take it captive, the thoughts captive, and make it obedience to Christ. Bring it into obedience with that which is written, the Word of God. Amen. Wow. Who wants a donut? <laughs> thought-provoking? <laughs> I get it, thought-provoking. Oh, anyway. All Anyway. right, what do you want to do? I'm going to pray for you. Eh? Would that be cool? Pray for me as well. God, protect, protect us. Protect our thought life. Father, I thank You God, we, we lay aside our excuses for right now. That's what we're doing. God, if, where we need to say sorry, I pray for incredible sorry brought to your attention from every single one here. Repentance, Lord God, where we have a change of mind that changes us forever. Miracles can happen right now. Just by the change of a mind, just by a decision, that you make right now in regards to the thinking, in regards to the actions of the thinking, something bad could be prevented right now because you make a decision to understand the written Word, to base your truth and your life on the written Word, to base your truth and life in Christ Himself to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to empower you, to protect you. Decisions to make covenants with your eyes. Choose today to make a covenant with my eyes, with my hearing. I choose today to make a covenant with my mouth. What are you choosing to do today? What's the decision you need to make today? What's holding you back? What's limiting you? What's the wall that you've put up? What's the secret chamber? Bust the wall down. God's got a hole in it anyway. He sees it anyway. Expose the darkness. Let the light of Christ come in. Bust that wall down. The light comes and dispels the darkness. How do I bust the wall down? I confess my sins to God. God, I'm sorry. I ask for your forgiveness for the things I've seen. I ask for your forgiveness for the the things I'm thinking. God, I know they're not right. And I know they're leading me away from you. Lord, I pray that you'd bring me back to yourself today, like the prodigal son, prodigal daughter coming home today. God's running towards you, he's running faster than you're walking. He's coming towards you with His arms stretched out ready to embrace you again ready to pour out His love upon you again ready to give a confidence and a boldness to you to to help you to walk into His presence you never have to fear again you never have to be anxious again something something Richer can take place. Something more connected with Him can happen. If you let Him. I pray, Father, that this would not just be a a word that goes in one ear and out the other. I pray that we would all get the revelation and understanding. We do not submit to a Python spirit in our life. We submit to the Lord Jesus Christ and we submit to the Holy Spirit. We will obey you, God. We're not gonna obey a Python. We will obey you. We will obey your ways. We will obey your work, the work that you have for us. I pray, Lord God, that you'd raise up an army like never before in this church. with these people, those who are even online, that Lord, You'd raise up an army through this nation and through the nations who would know what it is, not to succumb to the spirit of this world, but to know what it is to be transformed by the renewing of their mind in relationship with Jesus Christ, not in relationship outside of Him, not in relationship with the world. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. It's time I hear the Spirit of God saying it's time, it's time for you. It's time for you to stand. It's time for you to walk towards the light. It's time for you to walk with Him, walk with God. It's time, it's time to put away your childish habits. It's time to put away the things that you've struggled with, strained with, uh, been prodded with. It's time to let those things go and to let God do what He said He's always wanted to do in your life. He wants to release the dreams back into your life again. He wants to release the provision of God again where you felt like you've been in lack, and in shortage, where you feel like you've been in poverty, God wants to release you back into the richness of His wealth, the richness of His Kingdom. But there's gotta be a standing, there's gotta be a standing up and saying no to the spirit, the evil spirit, and yes, to the Spirit of God. Will you choose today? It's your choice. Your choice. Father, I pray that as we finish the service, that God, we'd go home and think about what's been said. Think about, God, what You're saying to us, each one of us. And I pray, Lord, that we would not struggle anymore, not struggle with the situation or circumstance or the thoughts or the things that, Lord, that are keeping us limited God, we know what it is to be victorious. God, you are more than a conqueror. Yes, you are. You are more than a conqueror. Whatever you're going through right now, you're gonna get through it. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. There is no no fear. You will fear no evil. You have no, there is no need to fear. We break off that fear in Jesus' Name. We break off that evil thing in the Name of Jesus that's been wrapped around your life. We break your hold in the Name of Jesus. We say to you, you Python spirit, you have no part over these one's lives who are feeling like they've been plagued, who are feeling like they're just constantly down and out. I pray, Lord God, right now for your victory, for your freedom, for your life, and for your hope, and for your joy, for your purpose, for your promises to become a reality for every single one of us. In Jesus' Name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you, everybody. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.